You're listening to a Southern Star Media Production. Thanks for listening to the Southern Star Election 2020 podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star for all the latest election news, including interviews with candidates, analysis and comment. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world via www.southernstar.ie. The Southern Star, your go-to destination for election 2020. Hello and welcome to the Southern Star's Election 2020 podcast. My name is Siobhan Cronin and I'm the news editor of the Southern Star. In this episode, we meet up with Sinn Féin's Paul Hayes for a chat and talk to people on the streets of Clonakilty about what will be on their wish list for the new government. But first, Senator Tim Lombard dropped into the Star studio earlier to chat to us about his election chances, campaign strategies and what music is on his Spotify playlist for his long commutes home from Dublin. So Tim, welcome to the Star podcast. Great to be here. Um, how's the campaign going? Delighted with it. The response has been very, very good. I suppose we've done an awful lot of work um, in the last three and a half years, <coughs> in particular in social media, and the name recognition is very good out there. Um, the engagement from the general public has been very good so far. Look, I think we're on day nine of the actual campaign. We have another 16 or 17 days to go, so it's all about keeping the energy up and meeting as many people as we can. Right. And uh, your colleague in this constituency is Karen Coakley, yes. and you were telling me there about how you're dividing the constituency between yeah. you for the purpose of the canvas. Yeah, so basically we're doing from Dunmanway East and, and Karen's doing from uh, Clonacilty West, basically. Yeah. So it's split in the 50-50 population-wise. And it seems to work out very well so far. We have a lot of the area covered. We awful. We have an awful lot of area to do, obviously, but it's about meeting people, spreading the word and getting the message out there. Right. Now, you've been in the Senate since 2016. Mm. Um, fairly high profile, I'd say. You, you contribute a lot to television and radio debates. Um, how, how have you found it in that time? What have the highlights been in the Senate? I suppose, look, it was a major change to me. I was a county council for 13 years. Going to Dublin was a big change in lifestyle for, you know, to be involved in the actual challenge. I obviously I'm coming from an agricultural background, so I took that knowledge with me, but I'm very much involved now in the Climate Action um, platform itself. I would have been involved in the Climate Action Report published eight months ago, which is going to put a platform in place for us to reach our 2013-2050 targets. So that's been a challenge for me. Well, it's um, a bit of a conflict there, I'd say, with the farming community. It's there? a conflict, but I think in many ways it's about this world called just transition, taking people with us along that journey. I think everyone realises the entire planet is changing. We need to change our how we actually live, and the agricultural community, the actual transportation community, and actually in- industry itself have to change. But it's about bringing people along that just transition. And I think that's probably going to be the key issue for the next four or five years. Where we're going to end up in five, ten years' time is going to be a different society, but we need to bring people along that journey. Right. Now, um, you're hoping to win two seats in the three-seater of um, Cork Southwest. Uh, do you think that's a tall order now, given the current crisis in homelessness and um, in health? I think if you look at our history in this constituency, it's been quite good over the last 30 years. Paddy Sheen, Jim O'Keefe, obviously have a great record here. And literally it's only um, the second last election we two out of three in this constituency. So it's that, not that long ago that we had a really good um, dominant force here. I think we're in a very good place for it. I think our story, and in particular housing, has been very good. We've now seen our housing uh, ramped up to building nearly 25,000 houses a year. 
in Kinsale alone, you've six sites opened and you'll have roughly 110 social houses delivered in Kinsale next year, or this year now, 2020. So the story about the actual housing has totally changed from where it was five years ago. It took time to ramp up. Now we're seeing large number of houses being delivered. The health issue, obviously it's in the media. We have issues regarding capacity. We're trying to build and trying to build capacity. We've built and we've extended the hospital in Kinsale, in Bandon, put 10 million euros into Bantry there lately again. And this is about many ways trying to build capacity for an elderly society that we're all heading towards. We're all living longer. So the challenges are there with health and we're working with the staffing issues that are there. But I do think when you look at the long-term aims of what we're trying to do with the Saunch Care Plan in particular, a 10-year plan to actually deliver premium healthcare to everyone, this is what it's about. And now it's an all-party report. So it's about trying to deliver that long-term aim that we all want, which is a really sustainable but also deliverable health service. Right, but there has been some criticism on Saunch Care that Fine Gael have been very slow to put their money where their mouth is, basically. Well, if you look at the actual budget issues, there was a budget laid out for Slaughter Care itself. We've we've put that budget in place, but we're almost changing the ethos in many ways of the medical profession, the, the communities itself. Primary care is a huge part of that, having it at community-based level. And that's why Bantry General Hospital is so important, you know. If you look at all the hospitals in Ireland, Bantry has a real place that needs to be recognised. It's in a geographically located area for the district that's serving from Beira to Mizzen. That's why we're promoting it, and that's why we're not going to have any changes to actually serve the Bantry General Hospital. Right. Now, uh, we haven't heard an awful lot about Brexit in this campaign, uh, a little bit, but yeah. it's not really, I suppose, in the top two or three issues. But coming from a farming background mm. and being close geographically, I suppose, to the Thornishta, have you found that people are talking to you a lot about Brexit? Yeah, and I think it's a true point. The normal punter view in Brexit is actually, you know, they rarely bring it up, but the agricultural community in particular always bring it up. I think there's a real fear that their access to the UK market in particular might be hampered by the next trade agreement that's going to be put in place in the next 18 months. They are very much aware of it and they're very educated in the whole issue that if you have a tariff for their product, like Carberry in particular, a tariff from cheese going to the UK would have an awful impact on this constituency more than any other constituency in Ireland. So it really does come down to the agricultural community. They are fearful of what Brexit could do, what a hard Brexit regarding tariffs could do. And that engagement with the farming community, in particular with me, has been really intense. I've spoken at many meetings about this issue just to make sure we do get the appropriate trade negotiation deal in the next 18 months. This deal that we're going to do in the next 18 months is probably the most important deal we're going to do in the last decade. Right. And what other issues are coming up? So I presume homelessness and health are still yeah, top priority yeah. issues for voters. education comes up. Right. Um, do you know, schools, people access to schools, do you know, access to secondary school places. The school bus crisis, school there was quite a, an issue during the summer. And they're probably having another public meeting in Balneen about that in the next few weeks. And that's an issue that I've been really involved in. And if you look at the climate change issues and school transportation, they're all interweaved and how we actually can deliver a sustainable, carbon-friendly school transport service has to be looked at. Well, not only carbon-friendly, but what a lot of people can't understand is it that does seem to be an issue of resources. Not enough buses to cater for the schools where the parents want to send the children. I think the issue is more criteria. I think the criteria issue around where you can send your school, where you can send your child to school is the biggest issue. The criteria doesn't suit the changing dynamics of our, of our population at the moment. We changed the criteria to allow the second school to be a part of your school destination. 
we need to change that. Like the whole idea that you only can go to your nearest school, your second nearest school, isn't appropriate in this day and age. In particular areas where you have crossing where you could have four or five schools, particular particular in Ballinine and Skeen. But it's not just Ballinine and Skeen, it's Kinsale, it's Skibbereen. Like this issue last September of school bus places, like we had 108 or 109 families onto us in the office. Like families who are working families, who want to do their best for their kids, but are then having the burden of driving in and out every day. It's unsustainable. So the whole model needs to be looked at. We have 100 million euros going into it every year. But I think if you took our rural transport network, if you look at our bus air network and our, and our actual school bus network, all three need to be joined together. We need to have joined up thinking here. Well, it's not the first year now this has been an issue. And I think parents cannot just see why it can't be sorted. It doesn't seem to be that complicated. I think it's really complicated. I think the whole issue about school and where is your first school of choice is a massive issue. And I think when you look at, you know, the feeder school that dynamic and all these issues, like we have people who have feeder schools to a secondary school but could be the third school then for school transportation there's no logic in this and I think we put a budget in place last year that solves literally maybe 90% of the problems we still have a few people not solved yet in fact only one person got solved yesterday so we're still working through those case files to make sure we actually get it delivered but when you look at the actual dynamic in school transportation the whole thing has to change one or sorry two diesel cars is equivalent to one school bus regarding carbon going to school we're in a different game now different lifestyle if we're really going to talk about carbon neutral society school transportation is where you need to start right so hopefully this time next year we won't be having this conversation hopefully but i won't promise it yeah okay and outside of politics what gives you a buzz? How do you unwind when you get back to West Cork after a week in the Senate? I suppose I do two things. One thing, I listen to music a lot when I go home. Um, but I suppose the big passion of life is sport. Um, look, I'm a J-man, true and true. Most people who know me know I'm very much involved in my local J-club. And look, I'd follow anything with a ball, really, in many ways. Um, I suppose, like, life moves on. I have two kids now who are involved in Kamoki, and it's amazing you go to those Kamoki matches and blitzes on Saturdays. And you meet the guys you were playing hurling with 20 years ago and the whole circle starts all over again, you know. So that's great now. It's just a new dynamic in life. Right. And what music is on your Spotify playlist? Uh, you look a little bit of Stunning if you go back far enough. A little bit of uh, Bob Geldof if you can go back back that far but I suppose look blur and waste from my generation I that's think that's, that's, that's you're giving away your age there yeah, now and I think it's yeah. probably similar to mine yeah. so thank you very much for joining us Pleasure. and best of luck thank, thank you. you thanks for listening to the Southern Star Election 2020 podcast don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star for all the latest election news including interviews with candidates analysis and comment Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world via www.southernstar.ie. The Southern Star, your go-to destination for election 2020. Sinn Féin's Paul Hayes is his party's solo candidate in Cork Southwest, and recently he dropped into the Southern Star to tell us how his campaign is shaping up. So, Paul, welcome to the uh, 2020 election podcast. Thanks, Siobhan. Thanks for having me. uh, Not at all. Um, I know you had a bit of a rough ride in the local elections because of scraping into that last seat, Um, but I think everyone would acknowledge that um, 
you'd lost a lot of your core support mm. because of the redrawing of the boundaries just before that. So this time that won't be an issue, but you are facing a much bigger constituency. So how is the campaign going? Yeah, look, it's it's a massive area. Um, yeah, the, the, absolutely delighted to, to keep the council seat back in May of last year. Um, as you say, I couldn't even vote for myself or any of my family, you know, below in, in Cork McSherry. Um, as I said, all of that area, Tim League and Ring and Dara, which I believe would be kind of naturally linked to the Clannacilty area, was moved into Bandon Kinsale. So certainly, look, before before the, the day was uh, even started, I was down a few hundred votes. Like, so I was certainly looking for those. Uh, uh, Come back this time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, so I'm hoping, again, the work done in the area, uh, and certainly, as I said, um, I'm living there, I think, 10 or 12 years now at this stage. So, yeah, I'm hoping that uh, people will... We'll, we'll put the tick beside my box anyway right. on, on uh, February 8th. Yep. And um, you're the only Sinn Féin candidate mm. running now this time. And do you, is it, does that make it kind of a lonelier pla- uh, field to, to furrow when it's just you're the main man carrying all that weight on your shoulders of a very large constituency? It, it from, is from, huge, from yeah. From Kinsale yeah, down to yeah, Kinsale, yeah, as they back down to Dorsey. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's daunting, all right. Again, I mean, like as a candidate, the pressure does sit on your shoulders like you, you do feel that you know your, your face is on the poster and it's on the ballot paper and I don't want to let the, the team down or my family or supporters and stuff like that so yeah there is a certain pressure with being the candidate but look um, I'm, I'm absolutely honoured and privileged to to be an opportunity to, to stand before people. I know it's uh, some people question your sanity, to whether you go down this road or not, Like, but uh, it is, it's, it's a kind of a bug I suppose when you're in the political uh, game um, you know, it, it's 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 what we do, and uh, I suppose look, we, we'll we'll see what happens on February eighth. But like I, I'm seeing it as a privilege, and I'm, I'm enjoying it. We're, we're out canvassing. Um, we started down in Castleton Bear on Saturday, uh, and again, as I said, yeah, it's 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 such a big area. But yeah, it's been a warm reception so far. So right, and um, so you would be quite well known at the other end of the constituency mm. anyway through your your council work. And you said you mentioned Castleton Bear there, and I know that you're calling for a minister for the Marine mm. as a, a solo portfolio in the next government. Have you had much interaction with the um, the fisheries end of things down yeah, there? Yeah, You're aware of the, the issues there at the yeah, moment? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I suppose going back to the boundary changes, um, the West Cork Municipal District did cover all of uh, the West Cork area before. Um, so I did serve as a councillor for the whole region. But certainly, look, and my mother is from Bear Island, so uh, I, I'd never be left forget the whole Bear side of things anyway. But yeah, certainly, look, um, I would have been liaising with the likes of um, groups like the Development Association, the Castletown Bear, and others, obviously, in our own Bantry as well. But yeah, certainly, I would have been liaising closely with um, our former MEP, Leon Irida, who was doing an awful lot of work uh, from the fishing and coastal community side of things. So I was very fortunate to, to be on a number of delegations with local fishermen, including from Castletown Bear, going out to Brussels, uh, meeting the commission outside and, you know, raising the concerns, you know, about strict regulations and the lack of quota and things like that. So, yeah, I would have been uh, certainly uh, on top of that, you know. Um, right. Yeah, and I'd, and I'd, I'd, I'd love to continue that as a, as a TD for the area, yeah. And uh, I suppose Sinn Féin too would be seen as a party that does have quite a, a broad appeal mm. as regards the age demographic. And do you find that the issues that people are coming to you with um, vary between the age groups? Like I know climate change seems to be mm. a massive issue for the younger for young people, voters. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've heard like obviously homelessness and um, the health crisis 
and broadband is a big issue mm. kind of across the board. So what are the, the differences you're finding with the different age groups? Yeah, it, it's, it's kind of a funny one because, as you say, yeah, certainly climate is, is a hot topic with, with younger people. But I think everyone is, is realising now when they're looking at the likes of the fires in Australia and, and, and uh, you know, flooding events and uh, worse storms. And I think everyone's, you know, beginning to realise the, the implications of, you know, burning fossil fuels and all of that. So I think, you know, people will have to wise up. Um, and it's, it's another one is even on the housing side of things, we've met young families struggling to get on the, the housing ladder. But then you might be in an estate with kind of a very nice houses or whatever. And you'd say, look, housing isn't going to be an issue here. But you're you're meeting, you know, mothers and fathers of, of um of grown-up children and they're concerned about you their might be kids. Still living with them, exactly, and, you're, and they'd say, "Yeah, my my, my 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 son is living here with his family because they can't afford the rent in in Clannacilty or Skibbereen." So, yeah, it, it kind of is cross-generational, uh, really, to be honest with you. So, but yeah, and have you found the broadband much of an issue? I yeah. saw that mentioned on your Facebook page. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, again, I mean, people are anxious, you know, to to work locally if they can, and uh, a lot of jobs at the moment, you know. Would you be able to work from home uh, if you had a decent uh, broadband uh, package? And again, look, we, it was a discussion that came up in, in the council meeting recently, and uh, I think the government parties were almost congratulating themselves for the rollout of broadband. And we were saying, hold on a second, it's a bit early yet. Like, you know, you're, you're after blowing the budget, you know, and, and at the end of the whole thing, uh, we're still not even going to, to own the, the infrastructure. Like, if it was up to us, I'd give the job to the likes of the ESB. Uh, and at least, uh, you know, the infrastructure afterwards would be state-owned, you know. So, uh, yeah, but it's, 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 it affects everything from education, tourism, farming, you know. Um, broadband is as, as important as electrification, I think, uh, mm. in this day and age, you know. So, yeah, I mean, it, 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 is, it is coming up and uh, we, we need to see broadband uh, of decent speeds in, in rural areas. Right. Now, um, do you find it a bit dispiriting when you hear the, both of the major parties saying they're not going to work with Sinn Féin after the election? Does it, um, you know, even if you could hold the balance of power, would you feel mm. that it's a little bit disillusioning at this stage to be asking for a vote and uh, maybe you won't be able to do anything for the people voting for you at the end of the day? I wouldn't say disillusioned as such. Like, um, I, I, I kind of think it's a bit insulting, to be honest with you, from the, the bigger parties to be saying, you know, anyone who votes for me or my party colleagues, you know, that it's kind of, you know, it's, it's a wasted vote almost, you know. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd kind of take that attitude with it. And I think, I mean... Like from our point of view, our party members have given us a free hand essentially to say, look, talk to everyone after the next election. Um, I suppose from my point of view, uh, I, I probably won't be voting or giving a preference to, to, to the bigger parties. I'd prefer to deal with you know, the progressive um, smaller parties or like-minded independents, to be honest with you. But again, look, we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll respect what the, the electors are saying and look, and I just hope that they return uh, a strong number of Sinn Féin TDs and me included in that and that we can start negotiations. I mean, we're not going to be like Labour or the Greens, you know, smaller parties that did go into government and they were just swallowed up and spat out. And, you know, we're not going to go in for the sake of power, you know, but we'll have a list of, of, of kind of, you know, very important issues to us. And if we can put a very strong programme of government together, uh, I, I would have, have a chat and with anybody, to be honest with you. Uh, and how, how do you feel the party will do this time around? Um, on a national scale? Hard to know. Um, I mean, we're still kind of, uh, Mary Lou is still trying to f maybe find her feet as, as a leader. Um, again, we had a very positive result, I think, in the recent by-elections in Cork North Central, which was positive. Um, 
I'm delighted to see that the institutions are back up and running in Stormont as well, which should help us, I believe, in, in, and in this. And is that much of an issue on the doorsteps? You're getting not any really, no. for the lack of government for three years? Not, not really, no, no. Nobody has brought it up with me right. personally as yet, like, but as I said, it's still early in the campaign. But I, I, I still think, you know, if people are looking at the news, I think they do see that it is important to have the, the institutions up and running. Uh, a vacuum in the north is, is, is a very dangerous thing. And I think people want, you know, the local politicians working for them. So, yeah, I think it is, it is good that it's up and running. Um, so certainly that, that might have a positive bounce for us here in, in the, the general election as well. Right. And tell me, uh, outside of politics, have you any strong interests? Anything give you a buzz on oh, yeah. politics? Yeah. Um, well, I guess, yeah, uh, I love sport. Um, right. I love travelling. Um, I play a bit of soccer to try and keep myself fit anyway, yeah. with a, a few older lads, as we call it, right. o- old lads soccer on a Wednesday evening. Do you have Timothy. any time now? Or are you still making time for that over no, the next No, no, no. It's uh, yeah, clocking up the steps around, uh, around oh, West yeah, Cork, really. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I love anything to do with the fresh air, to be honest with you. Um, I'm very fortunate to be living, I'd say, about 100 metres from the beach below in, in Cork McSherry. So, yeah, I'd say once the, the emails and the, the phone calls and meetings are finished in the evening, that's where I head to with my doggies. And, nice. uh, yeah, half 10 or 11 o'clock, you'll find me on Broad Strand or heading over on the, the Seven Heads Peninsula and into the woods or something. Bit yeah. of uh, spare time to, yeah, yeah. to rethink and refocus for the next Absolutely, day. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, Court Mac Woods now, even on, uh, on a Sunday now, we'd head down there. Um, and it's kind of a new initiative even being rolled out. I know it was in your own paper there recently enough, but the, the whole forest bathing thing, yes. you know, it's kind of immersing yourself in nature. So I've always enjoyed the woods, whether it is Court Mac or Castle Freak and stuff like that, but uh, kind of taking on board some of those uh, things now and trying to detox from, from and put the phone <laughs> away and all that. Kind of, exactly, yeah. So it's, it kind of our game is a bit kind of head-wrecking. Look, you're, you're, yeah. you're dealing with an awful lot of um, important issues and mm. personal stories, like, so... It, it is hard sometimes to have to, you know, you have to park that. I have to go home and, you know, look after the kids, you That's know, right. the, the three kids and stuff. And look, if we get an opportunity, we do normal stuff. Um, hit up to a monster match with the lads or whatever. Like, and the two, my two boys love love the rugby, and my little girl loves going out cycling and walking. So. Normal stuff. Hopefully, a yeah. bit more of that now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. but uh, yeah. Well, look, if we get elected, uh, I'm happy to do that too. So, yeah, <laughs> you might have to do some double. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. Thanks very much for coming in, Paul. Thanks. Thank for you so much, Siobhan. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Southern Star Election 2020 podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star for all the latest election news, including interviews with candidates, analysis, and comment. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world via www.southernstar.ie. The Southern Star, your go-to destination for election 2020. Jackie Kyo took to the streets of Clonakilty recently to see what voters have to say about election 2020. Kevin O'Regan, um, I'm here today just to ask you from a businessman's point of view, how is Clonakilty doing? Uh, Clonakilty uh, is going well. I'm always positive. But it has gone through uh, a rough few years, I suppose. Look, on the positives, look, it's a vibrant town. People see it to us all the time. Strangers who come in, visitors are always impressed with the town centre. There's always a vibrancy here. Obviously, we have our, our, the, national, or the, the local environment, the beaches and the scenery is beautiful. Uh, the town centre is looking really well. But obviously we've gone through a lot of upheaval over a number of years. 
And I'd like to say, I suppose it's working. We would have no doubt this has been a wet winter. We would have had lots of flooding casualties this, uh, this winter gone back November. It hasn't stopped raining as we all know since November. So thankfully the works that has been done and the investment made in Clonacilty is, 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 is proving uh, well worthwhile and, uh, and, and obviously more to come. There's, there's ongoing more works. It's difficult. It's difficult for many uh, businesses here in town trying to survive literally yes and just when we were talking earlier you mentioned that there was a street carnival here and that was to celebrate the end of works. yeah so the work started seven years ago and the upheaval has been going on for that long and mm. um, is it hurting business people in their pocket no question a lot of headlines lately with restaurants closing uh, i've no doubt all this all this works have impacted um, i suppose a lot of those businesses might have just kept writing it out kept writing it out, but eventually maybe it, take, it took its toll Habits, we must try and get habit, people back um, shopping in the town centre. Our car park was out of action for uh, you know, a number of months. Uh, over those seven years, it's been out of action and it's back now again on, on a half and half open. So we have to get the infrastructure back, um, car parking, get people moving and, and shopping in the town. People are very loyal, don't yeah. get me wrong. People are very, very loyal and we're very grateful. But it's a constant challenge. Okay. The online story, we all know about that, but we have to keep working hard on Clonkilty. As I say, the investments has been made. It is a positive story, but we're still in it. Okay. We're, we're not out of, the, out, of the, out of the woods yet. Lovely, Kevin. Thank you. Geraldine Hayes, you've agreed to talk to the Southern Star about the election and what it means for you. You have motor neurons. What will you be looking for? Thank you, Jackie. I will be asking the politicians to make better facilities for disabled people. In this town alone, there are so few disabled parking areas and people are continuously violating the parking. For instance, the parking um, gentleman that comes, he only comes uh, part-time. He's not full-time in Clannacilty. We need somebody here the traffic warden is what I meant. Yes. He needs to be here full time to police the, the illegal occupancy of the disabled parking areas. And Clonacilty, possibly more than any other town, has had a lot of upheaval with infrastructure works. Has that been a source of trouble? It's extremely difficult. To get to anywhere around the town, the footpaths are so difficult. Obviously, they have to be slanted where there is an entrance. Some of them are dreadfully steep and some of them are, some roads are blocked off, some streets are blocked off for almost a year at this point. And then at, at the, at where the, the footpath, for instance, the footpath along by my hairdresser, which is a cut above, there are so many channels in it. It is impossible to get the wheelchair through that street. I have to drive on the street rather than on the footpath. Okay, and just a, a general question about, um, I suppose, supports and benefits and assistance. Do you think um, the Irish government and local politicians are doing enough for people with disabilities? Absolutely not. I was told last May that the budget for extra home help had run out. My, my disease is deteriorating, but yes, my needs were not met by the government. Were you denied home help or were you, was it curtailed? 
it, shall we say, my needs were increasing, and the the availability of hours remained the same. Nothing was increased. Okay. And can I just ask, in terms of the candidates who are standing, are there any candidates or is there one candidate that you would support? For the first time in my life, I am not going to go with either of the main parties. I am voting number one for Michael Collins. And why? Because I phoned him. I met a wonderful lady who returned my calls, who spoke to the HSC for me. Several times she couldn't do enough for me. Okay. Her name is Margaret. Very good. And um, is there anything else you'd like to say, Geraldine? The, I think the government in general, all county councils should insist on disabled toilets being compliant with the Irish Wheelchair Association guidelines. For instance, there are only two places in this town that I can struggle, I actually struggle to get my wheelchair in. Really, there isn't, there isn't in Clonakilty an adequate disabled toilet okay. that is compliant with the Irish Wheelchair Guidelines. Okay, uh, Geordie, thank you so much for talking to me. Lisa Brinkman, you're a psychologist living and working in Clonakilty. And we'd been chatting and you were saying housing is an issue here. Can you explain why? Yeah, well, um, I'm experiencing many different levels. Um, I experience in the people I'm working with. I'm finding more and more um, people struggling, finding housing, social housing. But particularly in the last year, um, we were struck with it on the personal level as well, is that we as a small family of two kids who've been renting long term um, out in Rathbury um, had to find, um, or given a notice with due time and always very fair, but have been struggling to find a really suitable three-bedroom house, particularly in the area where we've been living and where kids go to school. And, and you, you mentioned the amount. You said 1,500. That surely can't be what people are asking for. Well, yeah, if you look on daft, anything that has three or four-bedroom houses at the moment for rent is between 1,250 and 1,400 euros, um, which is absolutely ridiculous. It's gone, it's gone absolutely crazy. And we always think about the housing crisis and we see it far away. We see the homeless people in Cork on the streets or the people in Dublin, but there's so much hidden housing crisis. And we have it in Clonakilty as well. And we have it through all all social strata. So it's not just the people who, who might be living on the streets. It's it's families who are looking for homes. And what do you think politicians can do? Um, well, I know there's a lot of new houses being built and more social houses being built. But I think politicians could work a little bit more on on securing more rights for tenants, for kind of maybe putting a cap on, on maximum kind of rents um, and making, creating opportunities, maybe tax incentives for, for okay. landlords okay. just to open up more houses. There's so many houses that are empty and vacant all yeah. around Clonakilty because they're second homes. Yes. And it's lovely to have all the tourists in town and they're contributing to Clonakilty and it makes the, the town alive and that's brilliant and the Wild Atlantic Way. But it's having, it's having its toll. It's having its toll. In Rathbury, I notice it, that a lot of the houses that came up for sale are all bought as second homes. And the, the people who are buying them come on holidays, which is great. The kids don't go to school. They don't use the post office. And small little village like Rathbury, where I'd say all over, okay. are struggling. And tell me this, the last and the trick question is, who will you be voting for? 
Okay, so to be honest, I actually haven't made up my mind about that okay. yet because I will need to look into it and see who kind of can um, give me the most hope and 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 trust that things can change. I'm usually on the social democratic side of things. Okay. Um, and yeah. Okay, Lisa, thank you for talking to me. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Southern Star Election 2020 podcast. If you enjoyed it, please make sure to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Acast, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to another Southern Star Media podcast production. Stay connected to West Cork by subscribing to our e-paper and support local, quality and trusted journalism. Visit www.southernstar.ie